Hello. Hey, everybody. I feel like my tone of hello is the same. Like, if I, like, parsed it each time, it'd be like, hello, 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 hello diet hey. rioters. <laughs> diet rioters. Yeah, I like that as their nickname. You guys are now named. Dubbed. Those are rioters. Rioters. Just full on Let's. rioters. Let's start um, a riot. Welcome to Diet Riot Podcast. It's Brooke and Alyssa Miller. Both dietitians. Both moms. Both live in Denver. We corrected that last time. However, from the from Midwest. The Midwest. <laughs> don't we have more? Um, I don't know. We're pretty cool. Both moms with <gasps> sons with the letter oh, A we talked yeah. about. Our kids. That's our right. boys. Our chillin'. Are chilling. Yep, and they have names with. Oh, and our husbands are both J's. Oh, and they both work in IT slash computers, technology, technology, whatever. Who knows what their titles are? What are our titles? Registered dietitians. That's what we are. So um, today we're going to talk about the alkaline diet. Yes. That I keep misnaming as the pH diet. It's what I always call it, but it's the alkaline diet technically. Because I have a large handful of friends and family that have asked me about it, talked to me about it, told me they're on it, bought a certain water or (laughs) certain product that's more alkaline and told me as like a way to say, look at how good I'm being. I bought this alkaline water. And then I have to... That's so funny because I haven't had anyone ask me about it. Really? No. And I feel like this was like an older diet. Well... This isn't new. That would make sense based on who's talking to me about it, I feel like. Yeah. But I'm like, I, I feel like I get it a lot where people, I, you know who I get it a lot from are my patients, my cancer patients. Oh. So the thought, there was a research article that came, so I guess we'll dive right in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we should dive in. So what is, let's start back. What is the alkaline diet? So the alkaline diet is basically trying to control the pH of your blood mm-hmm. or your body. With your diet. With your diet. So trying to eat a lot of alkaline foods. So for those of you who may not know, or it's been a while since you've been in In chemistry class. In science. um, The pH scale from 0 to 14 starts really acidic and then gets really basic. And right in the middle at 7 is neutral. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times like our water is neutral. Um, But the alkaline diet specifically like promotes foods that are more basic or alkaline, those words are interchangeable, so higher up on that pH, um, which is typically more like veggies. Yep. So fruits, a lot of times, and meats are more acidic, so you're looking at more um, vegetable-heavy diets is what this diet proclaims, right? Yep. Did you say anything more about that? Fruits, nuts, legumes, and vegetables. Yeah. And then um, neutral would be like natural fats, starches, and sugars, which is interesting. Yeah, I think, and this is like the thing that I found about fruits and veggies too. There's like a large group of them that are alkaline, but mm-hmm. then some of them are very acidic. So there's specific lists out there if you wanted to look at them, you can, mm-hmm. but they're very inclusive. Right, <laughs> and then things on them. Yeah, and the acidic is meat, poultry, fish, dairy, eggs, grains, and alcohol. <laughs> yep. So oh, I didn't know that about alcohol. I guess I wouldn't mm-hmm. have known. Acidic. All right. Good to know. So the, I don't know when this diet came out. But I do know it came out shortly after a research study that came out showing that cancer cells grow in a dish 
in an acidic environment really well. Mm -hmm. So when they, like this is outside the human body, outside of even like a rat or a mouse or any other animal, it's literally in a Petri dish. They just showed that cancer cells replicated faster in an acidic environment. So logical thinking people hypothesize that basically if that was true in a dish, it's true in the human body. So we should try to control the pH level of our blood. Can't control the pH level of your blood. (laughs) Nope. It's my favorite thing to tell people. Yeah, you really can't change it. It is a slim, slim margin of where your pH of your blood falls. And basically, if you go outside that margin, you die. (laughs) Yeah. You don't like, I'm not trying to be dramatic, but it literally is like. You will die. If you inject your blood with something that's going to change the pH of your blood, you'll die. You will die. So why are you trying to You will to get do pregnant and die. You will get pregnant <laughs> and die. We need to find that meme. We will. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find the year that it came out. Of the diet. I think it was like back in 11, 2011. I mean, it was definitely almost 10 years ago. It was a while. For sure. Yeah. Oh, the doctor behind the alkaline diet is facing jail time. <laughs> Oh, no. Really? I didn't know that. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. What? And this is, if you guys tune back into our episode um, that we did, the blood type diet, which I feel like is similar. It's, like, along the similar Mm -hmm. lines. That doctor's, like, getting investigated for fraudulent, not, I don't think, like, criminally, but, like, fraudulent, like, getting his license taken away because a lot of his research studies, and we talked about this on the podcast, never came to fruition. And he said he was going to publish all this data and then never did yep. because the data basically was like, this is bull. This doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, I know. He was, um, in 2016, he was convicted of practicing medicine without a license. And it carries a prison Whoa. sentence of up to three years. That's crazy. Yeah. And he well, was right. also defrauding patients out of money. Well, he was what doctor is he that? led terminally he led terminally ill patients to believe that he could cure them mm-hmm yeah that sounds about right wow <laughs> sounds like someone who had created a diet that basically says you can change the pH of your blood which you cannot you I can't. mean theoretically maybe you, you could, could if a you little like bit ate 1,000 pounds of kale mm-hmm. <laughs> like I literally don't know how much it would take but you potentially could but again your your body functions like People underestimate their homeostasis of their body. I know. <laughs> it's amazing. It is crazy. How many right. people want to change it? It's like your body works so hard to keep it at homeostasis all the I time. Know. Which those of you who don't know, homeostasis is like the baseline. Like this You're is stable. where your body needs to function. Use Google it. Is yeah. that what you said? You know, I said just be stable. <laughs> you said just Google it. <laughs> I mean, you can Google it. You can just Google yeah. it. Why are you listening to this podcast? Just Google everything you want to know. All right. <laughs> Um, no. So it's just so funny that people underestimate how important that like homeostasis is and like try to fight against it. Why? They Why try are you so trying hard. to fight it? Like we have all these organs for a reason. I mean, some may not have all of their organs, <laughs> but like <laughs> I just we're born Jimmy with Bob them. without any words. Like he's missing organs all over the place. Jimmy's missing Jimmy. a kidney. Come on. Um, no, but sir, I mean, yeah, unless you're in a state of like serious health illness literally getting transplants or whatever like and only certain disease states will like change the ph of your blood like diabetic ketoacidosis right or starvation Uh uh-huh or alcohol intake like if you like binge binge drink so like those three things 
you can die. About. Mm-hmm. Like if you have alcohol poisoning, you can die. Yep. If you starve yourself to death, you will die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then diabetic ketoacidosis. Absolutely. You can, can you. you can die. So yeah, the things that can really affect it. And again, they don't necessarily like, I guess they kind of have to do with your diet. Cause if you're binge drinking, that's something you're drinking and then starvation. If you're not eating, Diabetic that's technically a diet. you could technically do it because you of diet. could yeah so anyways i so the way that i explain it to people who come to me is usually okay the stomach your stomach acid has a very um, low ph very acidic situation mm-hmm. so anything you put in your stomach is instantly neutralized to that like very low ph right and it does that for a reason because it needs to break up that food turn it into well I'll spare you the d- digestive details, but <laughs> basically it needs to turn it in to something that you can go on later to digest, ingest, and absorb through your small intestine, large intestine, and use for nutrients. So if you try to affect that pH, there's a chance that it could not be absorbed correctly. It could not be digested correctly. You couldn't actually um, absorb or use the nutrients that are in your food. So it's very, I think it's very silly of us or very cocky of us to think that we know better than our own body. <laughs> I know. At like, hey, let's control what pH level we eat at. Not to mention how freaking difficult <laughs> that, that would diet be. would be to follow. Like, it is very heavy in fruits and vegetables. And to the point, like we're saying, to actually change the pH, it would have to be a ton. Like, more than just the 6 to 10 average servings that they recommend. Yeah, it's a lot. So that's a lot. <laughs> it is. And, I mean, they said, like... Some studies show that there are positive effects with this. So, like, if you had chronic kidney disease and you don't want to eat a lot of protein, mm-hmm. then oh yeah, eating a high like a vegetarian diet in that mm-hmm. case it would actually be beneficial for you. But in general, like, <clears throat> people only see results on this diet because they're eating more fruits and vegetables, right? Whole foods, and they're eating more whole foods. So yeah, and this Duh. is what, yeah. <laughs> we should get a bell that says that. Ding ding ding. Duh. Um, this is what Brooke and I say on every podcast about our diet, like these specific diets that are out there, fad diets or whatever you want to call them, is like the potential for good because of these diets isn't coming from the science or the hypotheses of what they're intending to prove. It's coming because people who are going from eating a junk diet and food that is unhealthy for them or causing them pain and inflammation all of a sudden go to this like inflammation-free diet and very heavy in whole foods and fruits and vegetables. And it's like, well, yeah, of course you're going to see positive outcomes in their health status or in their weight or in their, like the way that they feel because they're literally changing from, it's not like they're changing from like a paleo diet to all of a sudden, well, and even then, I don't know what kind of diet, caveman diet, all protein, (laughs) two fruits and vegetables, and they're studying those people. So anyways, the whole diet... I mean, the alkaline water that's out there, it's immediately neutralized in your belly. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. I don't, don't know that I would pay money extra on it. for That's it. the thing. Don't spend money on it. A lot of those waters are also like have electrolytes in them. Great. There's nothing wrong with that. It's mm-hmm. the pH, like the fact that they're using it as a marketing scheme to say change the pH of your blood or your stomach or whatever, it's not actually helping you. No. And drink water. And <laughs> drink and also like, drink, drink water. Drink water, but. Yeah, and I think, like, this just goes back to, like, this. people just jump on this bandwagon because they think, like, oh, this is the diet that's going to work. Mm-hmm. I think, like, so many people just fall into that mentality of, like, well, obviously, 
this other diet didn't work for me and this other diet didn't work for me, but this one's going to. Like, people get in this mindset that, like, that there is a magic diet out there and, like, well, just because this didn't work on me and this didn't work on me, it was the diet's fault. Like, and I'm going to, this one's going to work. And it's just, they're all similar. Um, Yeah, it's a horrible cycle where people get in this mindset of, guilt or shame or feel like their body should look different or they should lose the baby weight or they should lose just weight that they put on in general mm-hmm. since high school, which we've talked about is yeah. ridiculous because you should probably put on weight after <laughs> high school. Yeah. Um, and that their body goes through changes. And instead of accepting that and making peace with their body and figuring out how to work with their body and, you know, using our intuitive eating, um, they go from diet to diet to diet. And with every diet, that eventually fails because 98% of them quote unquote fail. And mm-hmm. what they mean by fail is that you don't lose the weight or you don't keep it off or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's all typically it's kissed. It's, it's because you don't keep it off. Right. A yeah. lot of diets, you will lose weight initially. In the, yeah. Water weight, water weight, weight, true weight. And then you put it on when you give up the diet or you lose muscle mass. Yeah. Which isn't oh, good. No, which hurts your metabolism. metabolism. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, jumping from diet to diet, will actually make your relationship with food worse. It will make your relationship with your metabolism worse. It will make your relationship with your your body body. image. It's so sad what ends up happening. And then you do cling to these new diets that offer these amazing promises and these amazing benefits. And I think what we're seeing now in the shift, like outside of weight, which I think a lot of people were really focused on. I know when we were growing up, it was very focused on weight being super thin, like super tiny thin. And now it's trying to like be like avoid disease. Mm-hmm. And I think some diets like this one or other diets that are out there try really hard to make these huge claims about like fighting cancer or avoiding this or avoiding that. And it's it's easy to get sucked into a false sense of reality or a false sense of security that, oh, I only eat these foods so that I can avoid cancer because on paper that makes sense. And look, I don't have cancer yet. So then you trust that it's mm-hmm. because of the diet. And it's like, no, you just are 28 years old. Like, you yeah, don't yeah, have cancer many, yet. Yeah, and, like, there are, yes, of course, there are some cancers that, like, mm-hmm. if you specifically, like, smoke, like, right. yes, you are at higher risk for lung cancer. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get it, uh-huh. but, you know, you're a much higher risk than, like, you or I getting it. Yeah. But a lot of cancers, there's not much, like, a lot of it's genetic. A lot of it is genetic. A lot of it is genetic. Like, a lot yeah, of a lot of it's things issues. you can't control. Right. You can't control your genetics. Right. I mean, you you can't control how you were made. I mean... And you're looking at, you know, you're balancing this act of hypothetically, there's this perfect diet out there that could give you wellness and health and longevity, but it also comes with diet cycling and then losing weight, gaining weight, which is hard on your body, adding stress, which is... Stress is like one of the worst things that you can possibly Mm -hmm. do to your body. And I can't think of a lot other than dieting that causes people stress that they're choosing to put into their life. Like you're choosing to go on a diet and it's giving you stress. Like there are a lot of things in your life you don't choose and it's circumstantial that give you stress that you have to figure out how to manage. But if you're choosing to go on these diets and feel bad about yourself and then feel like you need to lose more weight, you need to look like this, you need to do that. And then causing stress, that that's a choice that you're making Mm -hmm. that's causing more stress in your life. And then you have to figure out how to relieve stress And if your way of relieving stress is controlling your food intake or controlling your workouts or being really meticulous, it's causing another diet cycle. Well, yeah, it's so funny. I'm in a group and today, like, somebody was talking about how they were going to eat under 1,200 calories long term to lose weight. (sighs) It was so hard to read. And then another girl chimed in who has 
I believe she does not have any degree in mm-hmm. like a science degree or a nutrition degree, like nothing. And was like, well, actually, this is the calorie deficit you need to eat. She knows nothing Oof. about this girl. She knows yeah. she doesn't know her body weight. She right. doesn't know her, her history. She doesn't know anything about her. She's literally just like, Super oh well, safe. if you just follow this equation, you will lose this weight. Another girl chimes in. I'm gonna lose six pounds this week. I mean, I'm like literally reading this and cringing and yeah. going, oh my gosh, like. And then the hard part is like all these women are supporting that. Like, yeah, yeah you should. You it. should yeah. only eat 1,200 calories a day. You should exercise. This you should week. lose six pounds. You in should a week. lose six pounds in a week. And it's like, oh my gosh, no, like yeah. we can't do this. And luckily, like the moderator today was like. None of us are doctors or dietitians. Haha, <laughs> actually, there's like five of us registered <laughs> dietitians in the group, which Joke's is funny. Jokes on you. Jokes on you. There's yeah. like five of us. Um, but like most are not doctors yeah, right. or anything. And so it's like, we can't be like, this is one of the moderators said something like, we are affecting people's safety now. Like, Good. we cannot yes. be encouraging people. Like, you need to talk to your doctor if yes. you're going to do something crazy like this. Good. You don't need to talk to your doctor wow. if you're going to start a walking plan yeah. or like, <laughs> I'm going to drink more water uh-huh. or like, I'm going to eat more fruits and vegetables. No, yeah. you don't have to consult your doctor about that. But like, people encouraging people to eat like a thousand well, calories yeah, a exactly. day, I mean, that's not healthy. There's so many things wrong it would with be that. Starvation so fast. Well, you would be, in, yeah, and not only that, it's just it's hard because I'm like reading all these comments and like there's way in Wednesday, which is hard for me to read too because yeah. it's like, oh, I I hate seeing like, well, this is my number this week and this week it's only this and I'm not happy about it and it's just hard seeing people like really like so many people think that. They are only worth worth what they weigh. Right. And it's so hard to see that as women because it's yeah. like you are not the like worth the number on the scale. Like if you're 100 pounds, that does not make you a better person than yeah. being 200 pounds. Right. Like it doesn't make you a better person. Your worth is not Your worth is there. not yeah. found there. Like let's work on your personality instead. And can you imagine <laughs> the amount of – I mean I can because there's been times in my life where I focused on weight or number or – exercise or whatnot, but the amount of mental energy that goes into worrying about, oh, it's Wednesday, I have to weigh in, and oh, what's my weight? Do I have to tell them? Oh, I don't want to tell them the real weight. I'll lie. Or uh-huh. I'll, you know, I'll work the out. The stress and of it. Take, yeah, the stress of all of it, and like eating and counting calories, and it is a whirlwind for me to figure out, and I'm a freaking dietitian. This is what I was trained in, and to I still know. like think of people having to count their calories, count their steps, count their you know, at deficit calories of how much they work out. And it's like, that's what people wow. were literally writing in this today was like, well, if you walk X amount, if mm-hmm. you exercise this amount, then you can, you know, only eat this many calories and yeah. you count your calories. And I was like thinking, I counted my calories for a few months in college and uh-huh. I was miserable. Yeah. And I'm sorry, it wasn't like I was eating the healthiest. Right. I would be like, oh, I have 300 calories left for the day. I'm going to go eat chips. Yeah. Uh huh. It's like, no, would I have eaten those chips otherwise? Probably not. <laughs> if I didn't know how many calories yeah. I had, quote unquote, left. left. Like, yeah. I, I wasn't even hungry. Yeah, I wasn't even And then it's like... Gotta use up all my calories. Yeah, again, you are so much better off, like, not mm. counting... Like, you're you're so much better off not counting calories, listening to your body. Yeah. Um, and then even people are talking about fasting and intermittent fasting. And Alyssa and I have done a podcast on this. And, mm-hmm. like, again, if you're kind of, like, intermittent fasting, just, like, naturally... Right. Like, you're just kind of eating in the morning when you're hungry. Yeah. Yeah, When you just eat when you're hungry, you know, then I think it can be a great thing. But again, it's like when you're like hungry and you're ignoring your body signals and you're starving yourself because of the clock, like that's an issue. Yeah. When you look at intermittent fasting and look at the restriction put on it, 
that restriction becomes that mental um that mental war that you start having with yourself of, oh, I only have 30 more minutes to eat until I have to start fasting. I'm not hungry now, but I need to prep myself and eat as much as I can to get myself through the night so I can make it through this fast. Mm -hmm. And then I'll break fast in the morning or whatever. And it's like, that's not the point. No, (laughs) that's not the point. And what Brooke and I talked about in the intermittent fasting is what I learned about myself was I wasn't paying attention to hunger and fullness cues. Mm And I actually naturally am hungry during the day and naturally I'm full at night and I don't feel hungry. I would any time during when I was trying to like follow or look into intermittent fasting, anytime I was hungry outside the times that I wasn't supposed to be eating, I would eat yeah. because I'm going to listen to my body first. Right. But it was very interesting and eye-opening to me because I had so many habits that had built up over breastfeeding and being pregnant mm-hmm. that I would just kind of constantly snack mindlessly or snack. It was just a good reminder of like, oh yeah, am I actually hungry now? No, I'm not. And it's nighttime and I'm about to go to bed. And I felt way, way better. And I still yeah. feel way better when I don't late night snack. But if I'm hungry late at night, I'm going to eat something. Have a yeah. snack. <laughs> well, it's kind of crazy. I feel like, I feel like I've actually become a really, um, a much better intuitive eater and like much more happy with my body. Like uh-huh. just accepting of myself now after being pregnant, which is really weird because yeah, I feel like a awesome lot of though. people when they're the opposite, is when true. they have a baby, they're like, Oh my gosh, I need to like, I need yeah. to lose baby weight. And like, I think when you're breastfeeding, your focus is on your milk supply. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you know you have to eat. Like, that yeah. is a huge thing. Like, you cannot starve yourself. Right. If you're nursing, you absolutely cannot. You will see an immediately drop You in your will supply. see a decrease. And so I think when you're nursing, it does actually, I think it does help you because it just helps your mindset of like, I have to eat. Otherwise, yeah. my milk's going to go down. And mm-hmm. when you're so focused on that, you, like, I don't have time to. I weigh myself. Like, I think right. I've weighed myself once in the last two months. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, I should yeah. I'm gonna weigh myself and see what I weigh. But it's like, I'm so focused on him that, like, the thought of doing weigh-in Wednesday and mm-hmm. starving myself, like, it would it would affect me in such a negative way. So yeah. why would I do it? Mentally, to get yourself... Like, it's so important to have the good mental stability of my weight doesn't define me. Mm -hmm. And like, so right now during pregnancy, I'm not checking the scale frequently at all. Yeah. Your doctor will. And they'll tell you. I literally don't look at it and I'm just like, whatever. Yeah, exactly. If I'm not gaining weight or my belly size isn't growing, that's when we start to have like a good conversation. Mm -hmm. But I know, and I trust my body to gain the weight that it needs to gain to support the baby and the pregnancy. And then I'll move on in the same kind of thing. And I I think I talked about this before. I was very early on in my intuitive eating journey when I got pregnant with Aiden. Mm -hmm. So it just changed a lot. And I I was, you know, going into these habits of eating and and forcing myself from my first trimester being nauseous Mm -hmm. and all this stuff. So I, I picked up some habits around eating that I wasn't necessarily needing and definitely pulling for foods when I was um, breastfeeding that were just convenient and quick and calorie dense and would give me a good milk supply, which luckily I had gratefully. <laughs> but I think this time around has been so different because I'm way further along in my intuitive eating journey and just my body confidence too is like, this is what my body needs and I don't look like anyone else and no one else looks like anyone else. And that's okay. Like we should it's be fine. celebrating the fact that everyone gains a different amount of weight during pregnancy and everyone looks differently postpartum and how long it takes them to get to where their body's natural set point is, which mm-hmm. by the way, it's very normal to be different after having a baby. Yeah. <laughs> like my body's child. different, yeah. but that doesn't mean that I like look at myself and think like, oh my gosh, I'm just like 
I'm a worse person now because I have stretch right. marks yeah. or like my belly's not as flat as it was uh-huh. a year ago. Right. Like it, it just, it shouldn't define us. Yeah. I'm also 30 now. So like <laughs> shit's going to hit the fan. <laughs> Things are changing. Okay. We're going to be, I'm going to be 30 really soon. Yeah. Everything, you know, I think it's silly of us to hold our bodies to these standards of not changing when we evolve as people all the time. Well, and I'm sorry, we should change. not look the same at 14 no. and then at 35. No, that's sick. Something's wrong. Something's wrong <laughs> if we look the same. Uh, um, but back, yeah, back to the diet. I think it's just like, again, it's another diet. We're probably going to end this way on every podcast about right. diets because mm-hmm. we just don't believe in them. Again, we believe in eating real foods yep. as much right. as possible. And being creative with your intake and... I've talked about this a lot. My favorite thing that comes from diets, um, I think overall negative um, outweighs the good. But the little good that I do see is people branch out and try new foods and try new recipes and eat whole foods and realize they don't hate them. Yeah. And that's really cool. But I don't think you need a diet to do that. I Mm -hmm. think maybe just some encouragement with a friend or, you know, going over to other people's houses to be introduced to new foods or whatever. But yeah, I think putting that... It's a mental shift, right? Because I think it's hard for people to give up that cycling of dieting because mm-hmm. it is something they feel like if they're not working on their body that they're not taking care of themselves. Right. And, and you can. Right. You, you can, can take care of yourself and not want to lose weight regardless yes. of where your weight is at. And this Amen, is like sister. focusing on your healthy habits, focusing on getting rid of the junk that's mentally holding you back. Because again, we talked about this. The stress that comes along with the dieting culture and feeding into diets is actually probably keeping that weight on you more <laughs> than For like sure. the habits or whatnot. You know, it's like there and this I'm actually excited to talk about this in one of our next episodes about gut health is like your brain can actually, because of stress, stimulate a response to certain foods that's a poor response to foods, which is nuts that you can have a negative response to unhealthy foods because of your mental state. Not because it's an unhealthy food, quote unquote. It's mm-hmm. like, it's actually more mental than we give it credit for. So anyways, I think the whole thing, you need to start realizing that the diet culture mentality is there to shame you into trying diets, paying money for meal plans, paying money for books, paying money for, sp- sp- I mean, literally people will buy prepackaged food to stay on a certain diet and you're spending thousands and thousands of dollars on these diets that are actually putting you deeper and deeper in a mental hole mm-hmm. of how you feel about your body, your self-worth, comparing yourself to others, where you could find food freedom, which is yes. so liberating and exciting. And uh, Don't you just feel better? Like, I just feel like our journeys, like, yeah. I mean, I'm probably speaking for both of us, but like, I just, I think we both just feel so much better without that pressure Yes, of totally. like... And I think, you know, we have to clean up social media. I think we all have to do that. Like, if you're on social media and you are seeing things that are triggering to you or you're seeing things that are making you unhappy Mm -hmm. or you're finding yourself really comparing yourself to others, like, you need to take a step back and, and like, clean up your feed. Yeah. And unfollow those people because Mm -hmm. just... For me, like I've had to like get out of groups and like stop following athletic, you know, people and just different things because I'm like, this is not good for me to see. Like, I don't need to see Victoria's Secret models on a beach because Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna look like that ever, and that's okay. Either, yeah, like they're photoshopped. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but it's just like you have to really and like give yourself 
gratitude. Like we just talked about this this week at church, but it was just like, instead of playing the comparison game that just will suck you dry, like it will steal everything from you. Instead of like constantly comparing your body to others or your life to others or your house to others. I struggle with the house thing. I watch a lot of HGTV. (laughs) I'm always like, what can we redo now? So that's where I really, really struggle. But like a lot of people, it is body image and dieting. And it's just, yeah, you have to like, Give yourself gratitude. Like, especially us, like we carried babies and like we're feeding them with our body. Like how cool is that? Like, let's just have gratitude for that instead of focusing, focusing on the stretch marks that we had to get the baby. Mm -hmm. Like, or, you know, it's just have gratitude that like you're alive and you're breathing and you're able to walk around and exercise if you choose to. And you're able to cook and you're able to like live in a house with a roof. You have access to food. Like, enjoy these things. Like, have gratitude that we can go out and go out to dinner with people and, like, Mm -hmm. have this awesome meal delivered to us, like, brought (laughs) to our table that we don't even have to cook. Um, Have gratitude for those things. Enjoy meals with friends and family instead of worrying about how... I mean, how terrible to be out to dinner with friends while everyone's enjoying this amazing feast Mm -hmm. and you're sitting there counting calories or being like, I can't even try that because it's not on my diet. I mean, you're just robbing yourself fun yep no absolutely i think food can be one of the most enjoyment like the most enjoy enjoyful come on pregnant enjoyable enjoyable parts of life or it can be one of the stressful parts and if you let it take over that stress and that mindset i mean you're you're gonna be a slave to it for the rest of your life and it's like there are so many things that i see that are like okay when you're 80 years old are you really going to be happy with your life if you spent most of it trying to be thinner trying to be smaller like Is that what you want to spend your life doing? Or do you want to look back and go, oh, when I went to Italy, I indulged in all the delicious food. And it was amazing. And it was, I would assume it was amazing. I haven't. It was. You got to do it. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's all about perspective. I had this girl actually reach out to me in my, um, I do like the nutrition coaching on the side. And she reached out to me and was like, hey, I'm interested in like your coaching program, but I want to wait until after my wedding. And I reached back out to her and I was like, oh, sure. Like, what, when is that? Like, what's, you know, what's the date? I'd, I'd love to take you on as a client. What does this look like? And she was just like, um, basically she told me her date and she goes, I know that I need to realign my food, like the thoughts around food that I have because it controls most of my life. Um, I know that I'm, it was, it was really sad. <laughs> I feel very sad. But she's like, I know that I have messed up thoughts around food and I want food freedom but I also want to be thin for my wedding. And I was just like, oh, girl, like, oh. I understand and I feel for you. And yeah, I know that you think hard. these photos are, like, forever and I want to look good in them and I want to feel good about them. But, like, the fact of the matter is it's never good enough. You never, I know. Like, it's never good enough. Ever. I mean, talk to – I bet you couldn't find one woman that feels like my body's perfect the way that it is. Nobody will and, say that. Yeah, exactly. And even the ones that are starving themselves or they're – fighting for the way that their body looks, you know, they are unhappy too. Mm -hmm. So it's like, why fight if you're still going to be unhappy? Why not let your body settle where it needs to settle, Mm -hmm. treat it with respect, dignity, love, and then regardless of what you look like in pictures, you're going to be happy with the way that you look. Right. Like focus on your marriage and like your honeymoon and all the fun stuff that wedding, like wedding planning has to offer because like if you're a size four in your wedding dress versus a size eight in your wedding dress like uh-huh. i'm sorry you're still gonna look great yeah like it's exactly. your wedding like right. you're gonna look amazing it doesn't you're matter should be in love yes, you <laughs> should be in love. love 
It literally, I mean, seriously, it does not matter the size. If you're happy in your own skin, I mean, whatever size you are, you're going to look at those pictures and be happy with that day, and it's going to bring back those memories. Right. And it, you know, honestly, I think pictures can be super triggering too, because then, you know, you look back maybe in college when you were on these diet cycles or you were super thin and sickly and unhealthy, had a bad relationship with food. And now even in food freedom, you look back at those pictures and compare yourself to yourself then. Mm -hmm. And it can be really triggering to Mm go, oh, I've gained so much weight because some people do gain weight when they have intuitive eating. If they've been on a weird diet cycle, Mm -hmm. They do end up gaining weight because their body is being freaking starved. Now, some people actually lose weight on intuitive eating mm-hmm. because it gives them the food freedom to actually say, no, I don't want that food. Right. <laughs> and not just eat it because the diet starts Monday. So, you know, there's a lot of fluctuations in that. But I just, my heart went out to her because I felt for her. And I, you know, I I just told her, whenever you're ready, I'm here. Like, I totally support you. And I understand where you're coming from. And I didn't want to push it and be like. Yeah, that's so hard. It is really. And I. It's hard because I get it. I mean, right before my wedding, I ran way more than I had been before. Oh, well, I didn't do anything. <laughs> That's good. That's good. But like, so I was I like, totally I just it. got this altered a month ago. I'm not changing my weight. <laughs> that is true. After my dress was altered, I was like, okay, this is all I like, can do. Like, I can't. I have do to anything. stay within this range because yeah. it costs too much money to alter. Yeah. But it's like I've been there. But once you're on the other side and you're actually in a space of like food freedom and you feel good about your body and confident and not. Like you're wanting to change it all the time, it's hard to see other people in a state that's not like that because it's so painful. <laughs> Even during pregnancy, I know a lot of moms were just like I've talked to other moms, and they're like, "Oh, when I started gaining the weight, I got I got so mad at myself, and I got so depressed, and I hated the way I looked." And I don't know, I loved the way I looked uh-huh. pregnant. I loved having a belly. Yeah, I didn't love the back pain, but like I totally <laughs> was like. I look so cute with a belly. Uh-huh. Like, I love seeing pregnant women. Yeah. I think they're the most beautiful people uh-huh. in the world. Thanks. I Stop really it, do. Brooke. The bigger the belly pregnant, I'm like, ah, it is. They're I so do, cute. I do agree. I love being pregnant. I love having the belly. I think it's, like, really rewarding and what an honor to be able to hold your baby and carry your baby and, like, a privilege that some women don't yeah, ever get. Absolutely. You know? So there's a lot that I appreciate about it. The getting up in the middle of the night is getting hard. To be, yeah, that's hard. <laughs> I mean, soon I'm going to have to start waking up Josh to pull me out of bed. I don't yeah. know. Our bed's like really low to the ground, <laughs> and I literally look like, I told Josh, I was like, I feel like the girl from Willy Wonka when she becomes a blueberry. <laughs> like rolling around. <laughs> and I literally have to like rock myself twice to like sit up. And then I'm like, okay, I'm sitting up. This is really hard. Take a deep breath, and then stand up, and then go pee, <laughs> and then slowly climb back into bed. Like, yep. that part is frustrating, but... As far as the silhouette of the belly. I know. It looks great. I know. It's exciting. Yes. I did see this quote that I really liked that was, you can't hate your body into healthy. Mm -hmm. And I really like that because it's like a a lot of times choosing a diet is coming out of hatred for the Mm -hmm. way that your body looks or the way that your body feels or the way that it's responding or um, functioning. And you hate it so much that you're trying to change it with a diet. And at the end of the day... It may change it, like we talked about, for periodically. It may mm-hmm. change the way you look or feel. But once you give up that diet, everything else goes out with it. So when you choose food freedom and you choose to embrace your body and love your body and eventually choose to give it the respect that it deserves by exercising because you want your body to be at its best and you want it to feel its best and mm-hmm. you want to feel better and you have other goals outside of weight, 
that's where you start to see like the dramatic changes in mm-hmm. the way that you treat yourself. Yeah. Like we're not saying intuitive eating and food freedom is just eat whatever you want, whenever you want and don't right. have any regard for your health. Like right. that's not what that is. It's just exercising because you want to finding yes. and being flexible with it. Mm-hmm. If you're not feeling good, don't exercise. If you, it's beautiful out and you don't want to go to the gym, like take a walk outside, like right. just be flexible. Same with food. If you're, mm-hmm. yeah, if somebody cooks you this amazing meal and it's a lot of calories, mm-hmm. enjoy that meal. Yeah. Like, enjoy <laughs> it. And then... If you want it, eat it. Yeah, if you want to eat it and then, you know, get your veggies in too. Like, it's really amazing what happens when you start to take foods off this, like, fictional do not eat list or do not touch or this is unhealthy. Healthy is such a... Um, di- not diverse. Um... It's a stupid word. It's such a stupid word. Well, it word. is. Well, it's so, um, what am I trying to think of the word where it's like uh, situational? I don't, that's not right, but it's like healthy is so, um, like, and you and I have very different versions of what a healthy yeah, food exactly. is. Yeah, exactly. And everyone does. Yes. So some people look at meat and they're like, oh my gosh, right. it's Satan. Yeah. And you're like, no, I'm going to eat some bacon. And then other, it tastes yeah. good. And then other of us are like, oh, meat is so healthy. And, you know, it's really good for you. It's like eggs. You know, yes. you can find a wide variety of people who think eggs are the worst and the best. And it's like different foods are healthy for you. Um, because of how your body responds to them, not because right. some article told you it was healthy or and BuzzFeed blogger, God forbid, influencer tells you with absolutely no experience in the health industry tells you that it's that you should be eating it every day. And especially if you hate it, if you listen, spirulina, all right, you just put in my smoothies. I hate it. What is that? It's like a microgreen that is super, it's like very dense, um, nutrients like it's really I mean it's quote unquote very healthy for you it's got all the but I hate it and I hate the way it makes my smoothie taste so you know what I stopped making smoothies because I didn't like the way hey Alyssa maybe just don't put the spirulina in it you know it's like and now I have this huge bag of spirulina that I do I mean I'll try it yeah I like it I'll drink it it's like um it's bring me a sample bitter yeah well I've got a whole bag of it (laughs) it's probably expired now honestly yeah but anyways, it's like, okay, if your choices are to not indulge in a, in a food, a healthy food or unhealthy food or however you want to categorize it, or choose something that someone else says is health, like, listen to your body because our bodies function very differently. That's how they were intended to be used. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not, so, you know, if, if Brooke and I ate the exact same foods, the exact same amounts and exercise the same amount, our body will still look different. It doesn't yes, matter. Exactly. Like when we did Whole30, when I did Whole30 with my husband, uh-huh. yeah. he lost 14 pounds that he uh-huh. didn't have to lose. He's right. not a big guy. Uh-huh. He was the smallest one to start. <laughs> and like we were eating the same thing and I was exercising more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I lost four pounds in a month. Right. And I was like, this is stupid. Yeah. And I look the guys same. Guys and girls too. <laughs> And, and this, this was really restrictive and hard. I'm not and, doing this again. Yeah. But so. guess what? He gained it all back. So yeah. there you I go. I mean, I'm sure. Because he's back at a normal <laughs> because weight. Because he's not because that's, on the whole 30. Well, and like he's at a normal weight because yeah. that's what his body's supposed to be at. Right. So yeah. make peace with your body. Reach out. I mean, if you need help with that, it is a process. And, oh, you know, sure. I think Brooke it's a and maybe making it a little more flippant than it is. It's, it's a process. It's a mental shift that takes time and energy. Brooke and I have talked about it. I mean, for me, I feel like it's taken me a solid three years to feel good about intuitive eating. Oh, mine was longer than that. Solid. Six years, me? Yeah. For me? I've been working on it for six years, yeah. I've probably been working on it for five, but I feel like, because it was definitely before Aiden, 
and for like a year before Aiden, but I feel like I've gotten really serious about it in the last like three. And it's been like, oh no, this is, this is so much better. So much easier. So much mind space is like opened up with not yeah. focus. I mean, not that I was ever a big cycle dieter and it's like, that wasn't thing. either. I was just, we were just normal people yeah. who like cared what we looked like, yeah. but we weren't obsessive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I still care. I mean, I still care what I look like. I want my body to be strong and I want to feel good yeah. and I want to have confidence, but like realizing that that doesn't come from dieting or over exercising or treating mistreating my body in a way that's abusing it really mm-hmm. has given me so much freedom and Anyways, I know. I feel like we're just happier people because of it. <laughs> I really like. I feel like mentally and way more confident, and yes. it's like, which is all anyone really wants is self confidence and feeling good about themselves. And it, like we said, it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside. Some of the most beautiful people in the world that you think are the most beautiful are struggling mm-hmm. so much with self confidence. Yeah, like whereas I feel other like people I you look at and you're like, oh, you probably struggle with self confidence, and they're like the most confident person in the room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. You got to be sassy. Yeah, don't be judgy. All right. Anyways, yeah. okay, so that sums up the pH alkaline diet. <laughs> yeah, essentially, yeah, if you eat more fruits and vegetables, you're going to feel better. Yep, and spoiler alert, every time we talk about a diet, we're probably not going to be fans of it. Yeah, but we are fans of eating fruits and vegetables and drinking lots of water. I think so the best the... one we talked about was Mediterranean diet. So if you guys oh, want to go yeah. back and listen to that one. That was a good one. I feel like Brooke and I weren't so harpy on it. <laughs> no, even like intermittent fasting, I feel like we were yeah. pretty, there's Average. definitely triggers in like certain people who should not ever yes. do it, but... That is true. It's like personality type too. It's like, okay, yeah. some diets can really trigger people and other diets, you know, it depends how restrictive you're going to be with yourself. Like you and I talked about, even though we had it mentally in our brain, we weren't going to be restrictive. It's, that's The restriction is where that cycle comes from because you feel that restriction coming, so you binge beforehand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or that restriction has just finished, so you binge afterwards. <laughs> yeah. like, and then you're ending up binging on something that you may not even like or enjoy. And it, what a waste. What a waste. Enjoy the food that you do eat and stay away from the food that you don't like. Mm -hmm. I went to the store yesterday and I had these big old cravings for like sweet foods. And during pregnancy, I've only really liked salty foods. Like sweet has been, doesn't matter to me. I've liked like fruit, but like mostly I'd want chips or like salty Mm -hmm. foods. So I went to the store last night and picked up Oreos and ice cream. And I was like, I'm going to make an Oreo milkshake when I get home. Oh, that sounds so good. thought it sounded so good. Got home and I was like, that sounds disgusting. And so then I didn't eat it. And it's like, that's okay. Like, yeah. it's still in my freezer. The Oreos are still there. My husband has definitely put a, like, dent in them. But <laughs> yeah. it's still there. And that's the thing is, like, when you have food freedom and that those foods aren't off limits and they're sitting in your house and you honestly with yourself can choose them at any time. Right. The temptation <laughs> and, like, yes, the excitement around it yeah. leaves because it's like, I can have this anytime. This right. isn't just because I'm pregnant. This isn't just because I, I don't know, aced a test or whatever you're rewarding yourself with food. This is all the time at any time I could have an Oreo milkshake and feel good about it. Exactly. So. Amen. All right. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> but we I think we should do an episode soon of like tangible daily things Habits. that you can do to like become an intuitive eater. Because it is a slow, it is a slow process. Like we talked about it's mm-hmm. taken us years, but um, now that we see it, and it's hard to go habits. back. Like healthy not, habits, yeah. not that we like the word healthy, but just like <laughs> things that you can do yeah. to feel better. Right. Mm-hmm. For most people it works. So, all right. Thanks for tuning in guys. Check us out on our Instagram at diet.riot.podcast. Let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about in our next episodes coming up. Um, or reach out if you have any questions. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.